0: Everyday ordinary people living extraordinary lives. For the next few minutes, join me as I introduce you to some of them.
1: How do we support a higher quality of life and greater opportunity in our city for those who may uh, want to stay here? We need to provide the opportunity for them to stay here.
0: I'm B. Moore, and welcome to 52 Conversations. The city of Syracuse is searching for a new leader, and there are a number of individuals who have declared their candidacy. Anyone living in Central New York has a vested interest in who will emerge as the victor, including yours truly. I've had the good fortune of speaking with a few of the candidates, and I'd like to share those conversations with you. We begin with an individual whose family has lived in Syracuse for generations and is no stranger to city government.
1: My name's Andrew Maxwell. I currently work for the city of Syracuse. I've worked for both the city and the county in various roles over the last 10 years and now I am a Democratic candidate for mayor. Well welcome to the
0: show Andy. Thank you. Really appreciate your presence here today. Of course. Thanks for having me Brian. Absolutely. So if you would tell me about that aha moment when you decided that you wanted to run for mayor of Syracuse. Yeah I don't know that there was any one moment where you know
1: it really sort of came to me that this is something that I should do. I think it's it's been a part of my thinking for uh, certainly in recent months you know it's a big decision taking on a challenge like this running for mayor and and what it means to be mayor in a a city like ours and the sort of leadership that needs to be provided that's uh, there's a lot of gravity to that decision so certainly I've spent time being very thoughtful about it and considering what it means for me and for my family and then of course for the city. I will say that you know, one event that was somewhat crystallizing for me was the election of Donald Trump as president. I think I was in a position following the election, really thinking about my own public service and, and what I want my life to be about and what I want my public service to be about. So uh, I think I started to look at it a little bit differently after that time and feeling like it's important for people to step up and look at civic duty in a very serious way.
0: What do you believe... Are the necessary qualities that a mayor must have to be effective in and if you could tell us about how you possess those qualities sure so I think certainly a mayor sets a
1: tone for a community I mean you have to be a leader you have to be a manager you have to know what it takes to make the gears of government work and and that's what I have spent the last 10 years doing is is learning how to make those gears work and make good things happen in the community and for the people who live here. You have to know how to do that. You have to be able to work with other people to do that but you have to have a certain vision for the future of the city and you know setting that tone for the city is really important. You know there are uh, so many things that a mayor does to help to lead a community but in establishing uh, a sense of the tone and vision for a community and what we want for our city in the future I think is really important in addition to you know focusing on the fundamental services that a community relies on and of course making those things happen in the right way uh, that's
0: certainly very important to city living sure so Syracuse as a community I mean you are part of the big five what is kinda your insight throughout your experience that you see where Syracuse is poised strategically as a community and kind of the the importance of this next mayoral race. Yeah, I think looking at upstate cities and really
1: cities across the northeast and midwest, cities like ours that have uh, dealt with particular challenges as it relates to, you know, loss of population, loss of manufacturing and industry across the decades, and how do we deal with the issues that relate to that in terms of our tax base. and Uh, neighborhood issues with vacancy and blight, the challenges that relate to losing population as we have over the course of many years. Now, our population has started to stabilize here for a variety of reasons. I think that people see that there's real potential in city living here in Syracuse. We need to capitalize on that. I think we have people that appreciate urban living. They want to be in a, a city lifestyle. That's what we have to capitalize going forward. How do we support a higher quality of life and greater opportunity in our city for those who may uh, want to stay here. We need to provide the opportunity for them to stay here. So that means focusing on schools. That means focusing on public safety and quality of life in our neighborhoods. That means providing those fundamental services in a way where people have a degree of expectation about what it means to live in the city and what those services are. And it means being serious about dealing with some of our long-standing issues related to poverty and creating economic opportunity for people who uh, would choose to live here, choose to stay here, choose to move here. We need to be focused on creating opportunities. And for a city that has lost population and we struggle with property vacancy and things like that, those should be opportunities. So saying to, to the community and saying to people that would, you know, look at Syracuse as a place where they may want to live, say, this can be a place for you to do the things that you want to do in your life, where you can achieve your dream. I think that's the sort of opportunity that we
0: have here in Syracuse. You mentioned the schools. What would be your approach particularly towards the Syracuse City School District if you were elected as mayor?
1: Yeah, I think it's about leadership and partnership. So people ask me, well, you know, the mayor doesn't control the schools, so what would you really do about it? I think that's where leadership and partnership comes in, working closely with, our superintendent, with our school board. Being focused on the issues that are important to our children and to our families in the city I think is really important. We know that there are young families, uh, including young families who are very passionate about the city, they love the city, maybe young people that have grown up here in the city and wanna stay, but when their children reach school age, many of those young families feel that they need to consider moving outside of the city because they're not necessarily confident that their children will get the best instruction in our city schools. And I I think that's a shame. I'm a Corcoran High School graduate myself, so I see the value of a city education. We need to be giving people the confidence that in a diverse school district, we're going to have diverse offerings and that people, whatever the interest of their child, whatever their their child's particular uh, skills or interests or potential, they have those opportunities before them. And I think we have to focus on Say Yes to Education, continuing the promise of Say Yes, but also in expanding things like our career technical education programs. This is an opportunity for us to connect our young people to trades and professions that exist right here in our community and we know there are job opportunities here. So creating a clearer pipeline between those young people and the opportunities that exist in our city today I think that's
0: uh, should be a key focus of how we work with the schools going forward you know you mentioned your approach to education another area of focus would be uh, public safety Mm. and I know that Police Chief Fowler has stated that when Mayor Miner steps down that he will be stepping down as well who would you appoint as the next Syracuse Police Chief and if you don't have a specific person in mind tell me about some of the qualities that that person receiving that appointment would have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit uh, premature to talk in any specific terms about the individual who would, you know, uh, assume that position in the future. But I think in terms of the qualities, certainly strong leadership is needed, someone who can uh, work closely with the officers and who knows what it takes to provide that sort of protection for our community, which is so important but also someone who has the sort of cultural competency and the life experiences to work in a collaborative way, not just across the department, but across the community and work with neighbors and community groups to continue the work that we've done in recent years to build trust between the police department and the community. That's obviously important to the community itself. People who live in our city, they want to feel that the police department has their best interests at heart, that the police officers serving our community care deeply about our city and are ultimately there to serve and protect in the most genuine possible way. But that trust between police force and community is also very important to the police officers themselves and what it means for them to do their jobs well and to have the support of the community in strengthening the public safety that we have here. So that ability to work with people, that ability to, to take on what are very challenging issues, and to work in good faith across the entire community. That, I think, is ultimately uh, some of the most important skills that a police chief has to have.
0: Okay. You had mentioned, actually, land use. Yes. And I know that you played a role (coughs) in establishing the land bank here in Syracuse. So if you want to, please tell us a little bit about the role that you had in establishing that land bank and how you see utilizing that land bank going forward.
1: Yeah. So I was the planning director in this community for about five years. Uh, working both with the city and with the county, very focused on land use issues and all those things related to land use and how our community develops, zoning, transportation issues, and how we uh, promote a a stronger economy and and a greater quality of life in our city neighborhoods. And the land bank is certainly a key part of that. You know, that was a new approach years ago that I and others were a part of getting that started. And now we're one of the leading land banks in New York State and a national example of how a community can take a creative approach to solve some of these seemingly intractable neighborhood problems. So now we at the city have the land bank as a tool, uh, as an organization that we work closely with to move properties into the, the hands of productive and responsible uh, property owners, people who will pay their taxes, people who will follow through on sort of upkeep and responsibilities that property owners have in a community. So I'm very proud of the work that we've done together to get our land bank up and running. It's still in many ways in its early years, but I think there's a lot of potential there for us to work between the city, the land bank, and community groups, as well as housing agencies and others uh, here in the city to continue to lift up our housing stock to focus on the way our city grows and develops and how we improve the built environment in conjunction with making investments in people and in communities. Uh, That's been a focus of my work. I've been passionate about it and you know not everyone will uh, necessarily understand all the ramifications of things like zoning and land use. Um, but that's an example of my work really getting under the hood of local government and, and tinkering with things to, to make for better outcomes in the community. So the work of the land bank, the work that I've done in planning, that is, is certainly a part of my vision for
0: the city's is making those kinds of investments. Certainly. And you've been an insider for a number of years, so you have a lot of different areas that you could focus on. But what will be your top three priorities going forward if you were to become elected as mayor? Yeah. Strong schools, safe streets, reliable services, in
1: conjunction with our focus on opportunity. I will always be talking about economic opportunity, and maybe it's unconventional for a mayoral candidate to talk about poverty and economic opportunity, but I'm going to talk about it. But focusing on schools, on public safety, and on city services, those are the things that I believe are most fundamental to what it means to live in a city and so those will be the things I'm focused on most and in my experience both in planning and with the innovation office that we have at City Hall now it's been about focusing on the future and applying new energy and new ideas even to very old problems if you will so the work that we've done with infrastructure the city's very aging crumbling infrastructure it's a big deal we need to figure those things out and we need new approaches if we're going to do those things better and create an infrastructure that can act as a platform for economic growth for the future of the city. So, you know, it's an old problem, but we're applying new thinking and new solutions. So that's the approach that I would have to schools, to services, to public safety, but really the entire approach that I would take to leading City Hall as mayor would be applying new energy and, and ideas to those uh, very important areas. Okay,
0: Tell me a little bit about your history here in Syracuse. I, you've uh, I don't know if you're born here yeah. or raised here, but yep. I know you spend a significant yep. amount of your life here. So tell tell me a little bit about
1: the yeah born here, grew up in the city. So uh, I'm a city kid. You know, I represent the actually the seventh generation of my family to live in Syracuse. So deep roots. This is my home. I'm a Corcoran High School graduate. So uh, you know, those are important formative years for me in, in terms of how I view the world and how I look at social and cultural dynamics and economic dynamics and how I've approached. The choices I've made about my own career and my own public service. So, I am passionate about Syracuse. I love this community, and I have strong feelings about the things that uh, we need to do to be better and stronger, and the ways that we need to work together. So, that's been the driving force behind everything I've done over these last 10 years that I've been working with the city and county in different roles. So, deep roots and a, and a very deep,
0: you know, um, personal affinity for this community and the people who live here. What do you see as some of the assets of Syracuse as a city, and how can we better capitalize on those things? Yeah. One thing that I always think of is that
1: for Syracuse, our size, I think, is an advantage. You know, we're a big enough city that we have big city things. We have big city culture and, and you know, economy and jobs. And we also have big city challenges, too, and, and those are the things that we need to be focused on if we're going to solve them. But we're also small enough that individuals and individual organizations can make a real difference. And, you know, I think in bigger cities that can be harder, and, and, you know, making these big systemic changes for a community can take a lot longer and be a lot more difficult. Syracuse can and should be different. We should have the opportunity to get involved in various ways and to work together across the community and the organizational landscape of the community to make real change. I believe that. I believe that our size, our, our relative size, should be an advantage for that. So I always think about that, that we're uh, are a big enough city that there are opportunities and, and there's culture and diversity, but we're small enough that we should each be able to make a real impact if we're smart about working together. And I think that would be the last part of my answer to that question is, I think the real assets are uh, the people who live here, the people who are deeply committed to making the city better. I think we're very fortunate in that regard. And I think a mayor has an ability to lead and to pull people together in new ways, where I don't think a mayor has to have every good idea. Uh, I'm not going to have every good idea on my own. There are plenty of good ideas and good efforts being made across this city by a lot of people. How do we coordinate those things? How do we orchestrate those things better so that we're maximizing our outcomes
0: as a community? That's my interest. You mentioned people, and one of the groups of people that Syracuse has is a large and growing immigrant population. And we know that Mayor Minor stated that she plans to keep Syracuse as a sanctuary city. Now, if you're elected, will that be your plan to continue that practice of keeping Syracuse as a sanctuary city? And how will you defend that? Yeah, Uh, It it will be my position. As mayor, I would continue that promise
1: that Syracuse would be a sanctuary city that welcomes people uh, of all backgrounds. And I think that's in keeping with our history. That's, that's our history as a community. I don't think that there is any reason why we should betray that. Uh, I think that's fundamental to who we are. And I understand that there are questions or concerns about what our president might do to threaten the resources of communities that talk about sanctuary status. And uh, I think that's something we just have to fight for. We have to stand up and say, we're not willing to bend on this. And I'm not willing to bend on it. You know, I think that in terms of meeting our needs and whatever threats that we might face externally in terms of city resources, we need to find uh, the ways to work together toward those things, uh, no matter what may come. And whatever those threats are, we need to be working in creative ways to meet our needs as a community for everyone who lives here. So that's my position. Uh, I'm I'm proud of that position, and that's not something that's going to change.
0: Okay. Tell me about over your years here in Syracuse about your civic participation and some of the things, the causes that are near and dear to you. What are you passionate about? Yeah, Yeah.
1: so many things. I mean, I've, for me, I have been very fortunate to work in public service for these last 10 years. You know, I grew up here, I went to college, I got my graduate degree from Syracuse University and I started working for the city right after that. And so very fortunate to have opportunities to do work that I believe in, uh, whether it was in community development and, and housing or in planning or the work that we've done on the policy side and working with the innovation office, for example. Feel very fortunate to have been a part of all those things and touched different parts of the landscape and all the things that we need to do better. Creating an environment that's right for entrepreneurship and job creation. You know, Doing things in planning to promote uh, a new zoning code for the city, which we expect to have this year, many years in the making but writing a brand new zoning ordinance for our city that represents that vision of a healthy, vital, walkable city where jobs and services are accessible to neighborhoods. I've been very fortunate to participate in those things and uh, focusing on everything from education to our economy uh, to reaching out to the homeless. These are all passions for me, and I think the common thread for me has been the place, and and that's Syracuse. You know, I decided very early on in my career that of all the things that I care about and the ways that I want to make change in the world, Syracuse is is my home and I've been very committed to trying to be a part of good work uh, to strengthen this community. So Syracuse is is
0: sort of the common point of focus for me. Let me ask you about your participation in the Consensus Mm -hmm. Commission. Now, You were a participant in the Consensus Commission What are your thoughts about the report?
1: Yeah, the report, you know, it contains 50 or so different recommendations, and and these are recommendations put together by uh, the group of about, I think, 19 people working over the course of the last few years. And the part of it that I am intrigued by is that I think we need to be exploring new ideas to provide better services, to provide those services in a way that are are, uh, more effective and efficient and equitable, Obviously, most of the focus uh, in the community and in the reporting on this has been relative to the one recommendation and that being the merger uh, proposal between the city and the county. That's not a, a proposal that I support. You know, I think looking at the details of it, and the details matter, frankly, anything that jeopardizes the representation of the people that live in the city, I cannot support. And. My fellow commission members know that I feel this way. Uh, It's an opinion that I've been expressing over the course of uh, the last two years or so. And I'm all for exploring new ideas. I think new ideas are important to our future. But anything that puts at risk the people of our city, uh, I, I just can't support that, whatever the justification. Anything that treats people in different parts of our community differently. I think is fundamentally flawed and that's just not an equitable approach. I'm all for bold new approaches but it has to be equitable and in this merger uh, recommendation that the Commission has made it basically proposes that the county would subsume the city and the suburban towns and villages would be relatively untouched. They would be in a position to make their own decisions out into the future and I just don't think that's equitable. I think every part of the community should have that choice and should be able to make those decisions about the future and about self-determination in their own way. So I appreciate the work of the Commission. I appreciate the the detailed efforts to explore new ideas. But we have to be thoughtful about it. It can't be change for the sake of change. It has to be the right kind of change for the community.
0: Are there examples or models of consolidation between city and county government where the people of the city are represented and would you consider one of those models?
1: I think there are a lot of different models out there across the country that are worthy of uh, exploration and and better analysis and understanding. Also in the report, there are dozens of recommendations on a functional or service-based level that I think we should be exploring. You know, I in 2013 led a consolidation of the city and county's planning functions into a joint city county planning agency. We reconstituted that agency. So I'm a believer in it when it makes sense and I've been a part of those efforts in the past. I think looking service by service makes sense. Areas that uh, are logical for sharing, cost sharing, service sharing, I'm absolutely willing to explore those things as mayor. I have no interest in shutting the door to a conversation that could be meaningful for the community, but again,
0: those models and those approaches have to be equitable. Okay. So one of the questions that comes to my mind is, how do we foster business development and growth in the city of Syracuse without, without losing our tax support? Mm at the cost of our tax support, as has been done in the past. Yeah, and that's always such a big issue as it relates
1: to weaker market cities like Syracuse and the sort of Rust Belt communities that have lost so much industry and population over the last 40 or 50 years. It's a constant struggle where we try to attract new investment and in the process can create this sort of race to the bottom where We provide tax breaks uh, to all sorts of different projects and developers and different things that might have varying value to the community. And for me I think one of the keys is that when we consider providing any sort of tax benefit or public benefit to a private developer who may make an investment in our community, we need better clarity about what the public benefit is to the community. So establishing clear expectations for what sort of development we're going to see. Who will that development serve? Who will have the opportunity to work in that environment? How do we create jobs? Different metrics that we can be using and ultimately in my mind it's about having an evidence-based approach to the work of uh, public policy and good government. So not just saying, well, we're going to provide tax breaks to just about whoever is willing to come in here and no matter what they want to do or how they want to do it or what it might look like, you know, we'll take all that we can get and any development is good development. I don't subscribe to that philosophy. I think we need to have higher standards and clearer expectations for the sort of development that we want in our community and that that development is accessible, it's benevolent, the benefits to the community are clear. I think that ultimately needs to be the focus. I mean we can have uh, an environment here that's ripe for entrepreneurship and investment job creation. There's no reason why that shouldn't be the case. You know we're a creative city we have opportunities for investment all across the community but having expectations for people in the development community who would seek to come here and make an investment and make money and of course we want people to make money here but if we are going to assist those people with public dollars, taxpayer dollars, well then we better have more clarity about what the benefit to the community is.
0: What would be your overarching message to the community, to the prospective voter who has the opportunity to decide which candidate for Syracuse Mayor they would like to choose?
1: Yeah. I would say that this election is an opportunity to start a new chapter. In our history here in Syracuse. I think often we suffer from a sort of collective negativity or cynicism, either about who we are as a city or where we're going, that our problems can't be solved, and we deal with this sort of old baggage of past issues and past arguments. My focus is the future. I think that with new energy and new ideas, we can take on those challenges and we can do great things. I'm very proud of the accomplishments uh, that we've made as a community in recent years and that you know you, you don't subscribe to a philosophy about you know that being led by any particular person or any particular politician or institution it's a collective effort so i think many good things have happened in recent years because of the efforts of a lot of people i believe we need a sort of stubborn optimism about the future That's what my leadership will be about. That's the sort of mayor that I will be
0: focusing on the future. So with that being said, Andy, I just want to thank you for being my guest on the day, and I wish you success in your mayoral race thank and you. your campaigning. I know that you have great things ahead of you.
1: Well, I appreciate it. I'm excited, it's a, it's a big challenge, um, but I'm excited for it and I'm excited for the future of the city. That's my focus and you know, very pleased to have the opportunity.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Brian. To learn more about Andrew Maxwell's campaign for mayor of Syracuse, you can go to his website at www.andrewmaxwellformayor.com. 52 Conversations is a production of More About You. Join us next time.